You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Hey, hey, friends, it's Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. You all, I am fresh back from a trip to South Dakota. Now, I know you're probably wondering, but why? Why did you go to South Dakota? And I actually went with a group of female pastors from our church's network. So there's about 10 of us that went um, from all over the country, different states. And we met up in South Dakota because my senior pastor actually grew up there, pastored a church there. And he always talks about South Dakota. And so we started doing these pastoral intensive trainings there a couple years ago. Just for the guys, though. And so he had an idea to bring the ladies out. And I'm so glad that he did because, y'all, South Dakota is so beautiful. Like, I live in Virginia Beach where there's just flat land. Everything is flat. I mean, there's not even, like, hills, like rolling hills that you can drive up and down. Everything is flat. And in South Dakota, of course, there's mountains and there was just lush green grass and it was awesome. And if you want to see a rundown of my trip, if you are not already following me on Instagram, go ahead and head over to Instagram at Mrs. Dana Shea. That's M-R-S-D-A-N-A-C-H-E, where I had all of my stories there. I have a reel up of me almost dying uh, on a horse because this horse decided that it was going to be disobedient and try to hurl me over a cliff. But I survived. Praise the Lord. Um, So anyway, um, I'm I'm just really grateful to be back. And um, I am so thankful for technology that I was able to kind of get some work done on the front end um, in my business so that even though I was gone for an entire week, you guys didn't even know about it. So anyway, I am back and I'm so excited about this episode today, you guys, because we are talking about something that is very common in marriages. And it is the whole subject of nagging. Now, I know for some of you, it took every bit of courage to even click on this podcast episode because you have been through it. Your spouse has accused you of nagging and you don't think that you're a nag and you're wondering why does he or she, because men can nag too, why does your spouse or your partner, why do they continue to tell you that you're nagging when you don't feel that you are? So I wanted to do an episode, you all, to help you to decide between whether you are nagging or whether you are reminding. What is the difference? And yes, there is a difference. And so we're going to talk about what the difference between nagging and reminding is. I'm going to break down some of the scriptures because actually the Bible has a lot to say about this topic, interestingly enough. And I'm going to give you six or seven different tips to how to communicate in your marriage without nagging. So that sounds good. Keep on listening because you are going to learn today. Ladies, it's time for you to level up your wife game and join me for my next Wife Life Group Coaching Mastermind. Experience the best of both worlds as you glean from the wisdom of me as your main coach, plus a supportive team of women supporting women in marriage. During our weekly group sessions, you'll receive support on issues concerning your marriage and participate in real talk. Somebody say real talk. Real talk discussions on topics like communication, boundaries, sex, 
mommy issues, self-care, and so much more. Ladies, you are not going to want to miss this. Registration is happening right now at danashay.com forward slash wife life. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash wife life. Wife life is open to all married and engaged women, so be sure to invite your friends. Don't delay, ladies. Register today at danashay.com forward slash wife life. Okay, my friends. So let's go ahead and first of all, let's talk about what is the difference between nagging and reminding? Because I know that many of you feel like you are just reminding. You're just being a helper. You're like, I mean, the Bible says that I'm a help meet, right? And I'm going to help meet this man's needs and remind him 5,000 times. Okay, so to nag is to basically annoy someone with repeated questions, requests, demands, orders. That's to nag. When you have to say something over and over and over again, that's not reminding, that's nagging. Reminding is simply allowing someone to remember something or helping someone to remember something. So let's say your spouse loses their keys and they're like, have you seen my keys? And you're like, you know, what? I think last place I saw them was on the kitchen table. Maybe you should go check in the kitchen. Okay, that's reminding them. That's helping them to remember or to recall some information, right? Nagging would be, don't forget to put your keys by the door. You know that you're always losing your keys. Did you put your keys by the door? When did you put your keys by the door? Where are your keys? Are they by the door? Do you see the difference there? And a lot of times, y'all, we feel like we're helping. And I'm going to throw myself under the bus right with you, okay? Because I can nag. And I don't think I'm nagging because my heart is good, right? You're thinking like, I have a good heart. I am simply trying to help my spouse. And they are getting upset with me. And they're becoming resentful of me. And all I'm trying to do is help them. Listen, I understand. And so I'm throwing myself in the bus with you. But I want to let you know that when we constantly, quote, remind, y'all can't see me over here putting my air quotes, but when you constantly remind your spouse or your partner, because this can apply to any relationship, but when you're constantly reminding, that turns into nagging. And nagging is no bueno. No one likes to be nagged. Think about when you were growing up and your mother probably your mother, used to nag you about stuff. Oh, little Billy, you need to put on your coat. You're going to get sick out there. Oh, little Tanya, make sure that you eat those peas. Did you eat your peas? Where are your peas? Your peas are going to make you healthy. Your peas are going to make your skin shine. I mean, none of us like to be nagged when we were kids, but then we grow up and then we start nagging in our relationships. So the Bible has a lot to say about nagging. Now, I know that some of you are like, yeah, the Bible was misogynistic and all the relationship advice was geared toward what women should do and what women shouldn't do. And there is a lot of relationship advice that's geared toward women, but there's also some that's geared toward men. So the purpose of this podcast, though, is to talk about what the Bible, specifically Proverbs, we're going to look at three different scriptures in Proverbs, what it says about nagging. Now, I find these verses actually funny, and when I was reading back through some of these verses, I conveniently did not highlight some of these verses in my Bible. Like, all the other verses around them are highlighted except for this one. So I'm like, you know what? I was having an issue with God that day. I was like, yeah, Lord, we're not going to talk about that. 
Okay, but today we're going to talk about it. So I'm going to read to you Proverbs 27, 15, and I'm going to read this in a couple of different translations. So one translation says, a quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. Another translation, same verse, says a constant dripping in a very rainy day and a contentious woman are a lot alike. Listen to this. This is the Brenton Septuagint translation. It says on a stormy day, drops of rain drive a man out of his house. So also does a railing woman drive a man out of his own house. I thought that was funny. I don't know why. I just got weak when I read that verse thinking about a man like running out of his house because his wife is nagging him so much. Now, some of y'all are like, yeah, it didn't say nagging. It said contentious. It said quarrelsome. Oh, 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 just wait. The contemporary English version says, the steady dripping of rain and the nagging of a wife are one and the same. And then the Christian Standard Bible says, an endless dripping on a rainy day and a nagging wife are alike. And of course, you can sub out wife for spouse. You can sub out wife for partner, okay? But the point is, nobody likes that constant drip, 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 drip. Think about like if you are watching TV and you hear your kitchen faucet dripping, dripping, dripping. Most of us, it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's like somebody please fix the faucet, right? Because it makes us irritable. It is not a sound that we like. And so what we will do is we will try to stop the sound. We'll try to fix the faucet because that is not a pleasant experience. Nor is it a pleasant experience for our spouses when we become naggy, when we are like drip, 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 drip. So let's look at the word contentious because that's not a word that we use a lot. So I just pulled up the definition of it and I want you to listen to this. So to be contentious means to cause arguments or be argumentative. Has anybody ever been called argumentative by their spouse? Raise your hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Contentious. Quarrelsome, persistent, and wearisome tendencies to dispute. <laughs> I love that definition. Persistent and wearisome. Y'all are wearing your spouse down. They're becoming weary with all of the contentiousness and all of the nagging and all of the tendencies to dispute. That is what it means to nag. It wears someone down. And this is why a lot of times, like that one translation that we read, the Brenton Septuagint translation said that it'll drive a man out of his house. I want to be very blunt um, with some of you women, that a lot of reasons that some of your husbands don't want to be home with you is because drip, 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 drip. Like if I keep saying that, you're going to turn off this podcast, right? Because it's just annoying. And I don't know how to say it any more gentler than that. It, it just is what it is. If you continue to nag then that is what the outcome of your marriage is going to be. You're going to have a spouse who does not enjoy your presence, who does not want to be around you. To remind someone is to say it once, maybe to remind them again if they forget, right? But after that, it's no longer reminding. Now it's nagging. And it could be things like, don't forget to, or did you remember to? Those phrases are nagging phrases. Um, another phrase, you know, you said that you were going to, and so what What happens, like, it, it, just think about that. Like, you said you were going to, what does that signify? That signifies that you're lying. 
you said you were going to do this, but then you didn't, right? So then when we make that accusation, what happens? We cause our spouse to become defensive because we're basically insinuating that they're lying. You said you were going to pick up the kids after, but he's still in the house and he hasn't even left yet. So like, why are you accusing him of not doing something that he did say he was going to do? just because it looks like he's not going to do it, or maybe because he forgot last time. And this is something that, you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, that love keeps no record of wrongs, right? And I know that this is hard, y'all, because we keep record of wrongs all the time. And we use those record of wrongs to then remind our spouses of their failings. Think about the last argument that you got in with your spouse. And how many wrongs did you pull to account It's like, we have him at the ready. Nope. Last time he didn't do this. He didn't do this. She didn't do this. She said this. She said this. She said this. She said that. She did this. And then we just like spill him off real quick, 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 quick. Bam, 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 bam. That's not healthy. That's being contentious. And yes, men can be contentious too. Absolutely. So saying things like, don't forget to, or you said you were going to, um, parenting your spouse telling them what they should and shouldn't do. So y'all, okay, this is like in real time in my house, right? So last night, Sean and I were uh, in the living room and I was folding up some clothes and he was like chilling on the couch and he was eating something crazy like he always does, right? He was eating like some chips or some Oreos or something. And I said, Sean, what have you eaten today? And he was like, uh, because I saw him yesterday morning and I saw that he had eaten some like crackers or something like zero protein, like no nutrition, just like some crackers. And then I saw him eat and whatever he was eating last night was like Oreos or whatever. And I was like, what have you eaten today? And he was like, well, I had some crackers this morning that I had uh, a fig Newton bar and then I had some goldfish and it was like junk food, junk food, junk food. And if y'all don't know me, like I'm a really healthy eater. I am vegan ish. And I put the ish in there because I like fish. Right. So technically it'd be pescatarian, but I don't do dairy and I don't feel like explaining to people all the time. Like, well, technically I'm a dairy free pescatarian. So I just say I'm vegan ish because vegan ish. I like fish. So there you go. So I eat really clean, though. I don't eat a whole bunch of crap. You know, my I'm watching my calories, my protein intake, blah, 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 blah. blah. All right. And because I'm on this health kick, I, of course, assume that Sean would be just as passionate about this, which he is not. And so he says, Colin, come here. Now, y'all know Colin is our youngest son. He's 13. So Sean's calling Colin. He's like, Colin, come here. He's like, mom's looking for you. And I was like, I'm not looking for Colin. And he was like, yes, you are. You're looking for one of your children. And it was just, it was so funny, y'all. Like, I couldn't do anything but laugh. Because basically what he's saying is stop parenting me. I got this. I want to eat my Ho-Hos and my Cheetos and my cookies and my crackers. And I'm a grown man and I can do so. And technically, he is a grown man and he could do so, even though he's going to have high cholesterol and high blood pressure and diabetes if he doesn't stop. But he is a grown man and he can do that. So I have to be careful about reminding, quote unquote, him to eat healthy all of the time because I do it all of the time, even though it's in his best interest. And that's the hard part for us, y'all, is that most of our nagging is usually in our spouse's best interest. So it's not what we say but it's how we say it. Does that sound familiar? 
If you listened to the Communication 101 series we did on this podcast, that sounds very familiar because we said that in a lot of episodes. So it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And when we say it over and over and over and over again, it's the drip, 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 drip factor. Proverbs 27, 15, don't be the drip, 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 okay? Now, two other scriptures, though, Proverbs 21, 9 and Proverbs 21, 19, which I thought's hilarious because it's literally in the same chapter. It's like the writer of this Proverbs really wanted to make sure that we knew that this was not a good thing. But it talks about it is better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than with a contentious, nagging woman inside. Think about that visual. This poor man has had to sneak up to the corner of his roof. He doesn't even have the whole roof. He is huddled down somewhere in the corner of a roof because this woman won't leave him alone. She's nagging that much. This is what we do, you guys, when we nag our spouses. We make life unbearable for them, that they would prefer to be on a corner of a roof than to be with us. Wow. And I know, again, that I can be guilty of this as well. So what do we do? What do we do when we see our husbands eating the Cheetos and the Ho-Hos and we just want them to live a long life because I don't want to be a widow? What do we do? How can we help our spouses without nagging? Well, I'm so glad you asked because I actually have six tips to give to you. Okay, so number one, we want to ask, not tell. Sean? Do you think that um, eating like that is going to help you to achieve your health goals? Because he says that he has health goals, y'all. He really does. I don't really know what said goals are because he doesn't have a plan, nor does he follow through. But anyways, that's a, okay, okay, you guys are my therapy session right now. All right. But hey, Sean, do you think that the the way you're eating right now is going to help you to um, achieve your health goals? That's a good question, right? Now, because Sean is super sarcastic, he's got some sarcastic remark already ready when I would ask said question. But that is a good idea to ask a question versus, mm, 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 look at you. I wonder how many grams of sugar those cookies have. I wonder how many carbohydrates you have consumed in this day of junk food binging. Like that's nagging. So ask, don't tell. If your husband, said that he's going to change your oil and it's been four months and he hasn't changed the oil, then a question can be, hey, um, did you need me to order that oil for you or were you going to go pick it up from the store later? You're giving him two options that are equally beneficial to you getting that oil change. But what you're not saying is, you said you were going to change the oil four months ago, and here we are four months later, my oil still hasn't been changed. Matter of fact, I probably don't even have any oil in my car. My oil's probably been dried up. Like, that's not what we want to do, okay? So ask, don't tell. Think about how can you creatively ask questions of your spouse and not tell them what to do. All right, that's the first tip. The second thing that we're going to do is we're going to learn how to be patient, okay? That's easier said than done because most of us want what we want and we want it now. If I need something done, I don't want to wait. I'm asking you to do it so that I don't have to wait for it to get done. But sometimes you all, 
God will allow our spouses to forget things or to not do things just to help us to grow in patience. And so instead of just, you know, you it's 24 hours later and I'm just going to remind you, then sometimes we just have to be patient and we just have to let life play out and wait. Wait. That is not a word that we Americans like to hear is wait because we live in a microwave society where, again, we can have anything that we want right away. That's why this nation is in debt the way that we are, because our parents' parents, if they didn't have the money to buy something, they didn't buy it. They had to wait. They had to save. But we don't live like that. If we don't have it, then we just swipe that card and we'll figure it out later. And that's how many of us operate in our marriages is that we haven't learned how to be patient. But do you know that patience is, A, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit, but B, it's also a characteristic of love. In 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Love is kind. And so instead of nagging, some of us just need to learn how to be patient. All right, the third tip is make it their decision. If you bring your spouse or your partner, whoever you're in relationship with, if you bring them in on the decision-making process, they are much more likely to do it. We talked about this. If you guys remember episode 95, how to get anything you want from your spouse, that episode is not teaching you how to manipulate. It's teaching you how to ask better questions and how to phrase things that you want in ways that your spouse or partner is going to be more apt to do. So let's go back to the oil change situation, okay? If I want Sean to change my oil, which I don't because I take it to a professional, but if I did, then I might say something like, you know what? I love it when you take care of our cars. You know, I really appreciate that. And I'm so grateful that I don't have to spend the $65 to take it to the car dealership for them to change the oil. Do you think that you might have time this week to change my oil? Now, I've given him all those compliments and accolades and affirmations, which are all genuine, right? In this example, they would be all genuine. And so now he's thinking, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I could do that. So learning how to ask the better question and then learning how to help your spouse believe that it is their decision. And again, this is not manipulation. It's actually just wisdom. Bring your spouse into the decision-making process and then you won't have to nag. Okay, number four, use humor to remind them, because let's be real, you guys, sometimes you are going to have to remind your spouse to do something. We all get forgetful and I am extremely forgetful, y'all. Like it's bad. Like it's so bad that I literally put my hands over my temples and pray for my mind. I'm like, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. And so Sean has to remind me of things. And because I know that that's like an issue that I have, I don't tend to get upset about it. I don't tend to get defensive because I really do know that he's trying to help me out. But I also have other mechanisms that I do to help myself remember, which we'll talk about in just a second. Sometimes you are going to have to remind your spouse to do things. And I would recommend that you remind them using humor. Humor, humor, humor. Me and Sean laugh a lot in our marriage, and it has been one of the saving graces in our marriage. You got to stop taking yourself so seriously and stop taking your spouse so seriously and stop taking every dang on situation so seriously. Like sometimes we need to just lighten up and laugh 
So if your spouse says that they were going to do something and it's been like three weeks later and they haven't done it, then you can think of a, a humorous way, a funny way to remind them. Use sarcasm, but not cutting nasty sarcasm, just like funny, lighthearted sarcasm. Use humor in a way that they're like, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. If you use humor, that softens the blow and it helps your spouse to remember. All right. Number five is use a shared calendar. And this is one of those mechanisms that I was talking about before. Y'all, I put everything on my calendar, everything, because I can tend to be very forgetful. If I don't put it in my calendar, it's not going to get done. And your spouse might be the same way. So Sean and I have a shared Google calendar that we use. Whenever he puts something in the calendar, it pops up on my calendar. And whatever I put something on my calendar, it pops up on his. Now, some of y'all are like, oh, that would be too much for me. Well, it works for us. And it keeps us from having to nag each other about appointments and different things like that. So this is a suggestion. If you find that your spouse is very forgetful, then use a shared calendar. It will help your marriage or your relationship so, so much. The sixth and final tip that I'm going to give you is do it yourself. (gasps) Shocker, right? Oh my gosh. I've been telling my husband to take that trash out and I have to keep telling him, "Um, do your feet not work? Take the trash out. If it's bothering you that badly, do it yourself. So if you, in that example that I gave earlier, you need your spouse to change the oil, change the oil, change the oil, well, you can either take it to the dealership yourself or you can get on YouTube and learn how to change your own oil. Sometimes, you all, we're putting too much responsibility on our spouses for things that we could easily do. And this would come down to men who get upset when their wives don't have dinner ready or their wives don't do their laundry. I'm like, you can fix dinner. There's no marriage rule saying that you as a man cannot fix dinner or that you can't fold and wash clothes or that you can't put the kids down or whatever it is, right? Let's get out of these like unnecessary gender roles and just learn how to help each other out. If there's something that needs to be done in your house, do it if it needs to be done. And if you ask your spouse, then understand that their timing might not be your timing. And so if you guys have different timetables, you cannot put that kind of pressure on them to get it done, get it done, get it done just because you want it done. All right, my friends, I have these notes posted up in my office because I'm going to keep myself accountable too. Again, it doesn't matter if you have good intentions, and most of us do. What matters is how your spouse is perceiving your behavior. And so if they're perceiving your behavior as being contentious, quarrelsome, wearisome, persistent, argumentative, you need to change your direction. It's time for you to change your course. And these six tips that I gave you hopefully will help you to stop nagging. If you need to remind, remember how many times are we going to remind? Twice. No more than that. No more than that. And that doesn't mean like, okay, I'm not going to tell them, but I'm going to write them a note and send them a text and an email. No, no, same thing. Tell them twice. And then something that I like to say very often is then let life be their teacher. If they forget that appointment, um, I'm sorry, hon, but I told you twice. And guess what? You have a calendar app on your phone that you can use because I am not the Holy Spirit. I am not going to remind you of anything more than twice and say it with a smile. So 
Thanks so much for being here today, you guys. I really appreciate you. I love this connection that we have. I love, love, love every time I hear from one of you that says, I just found your podcast or I binge listened. That's like the best thing. I binge listened to your podcast. I listened to 10 episodes. That's That just warms my heart. Like I can't even tell y'all because I do this for you. I share from our experience because we have not always done marriage right. We still don't get it right all the time, y'all. And so I can relate. And I know that if you're listening to this podcast, you're only listening because you want your marriage or your relationship to flourish. And that's what we're all about here. We're not about perfection. We're about progress. So give yourselves some credit. Give yourselves a pat on the back. Continue to listen. Continue to grow. Listen to these episodes with your spouse and share them with someone that you think might be encouraged as well by what you were encouraged by today. So lastly, I would also appreciate your reviews. Reviews help podcasts. They just do. They help podcasts to be seen uh, by other people who might not know anything about the show. So I would certainly appreciate you guys um, writing a little review if this podcast has meant something to you. So thanks so much for being here today. I am super excited. Next week, we are going to have Sean in the podcast chair. I have got him back. We're going to be talking about, what are we going to talk about? Oh, how to stay connected when you're apart. That's a really, really great, great episode. So be sure to come back next week for that one. And then the next episode, you guys, will be episode 100. It's our 100th episode. I'm super excited. I've got great things in store. So thank you guys so much for being with us today on the podcast. Have an incredible day, and I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. Hey there, it's Carly Mercouli, your host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.